0: Welcome to episode 49 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. Intelligence opens doors, but it is your communication skills that enable you to walk through them. My guest, Jorge Camacho, taught high school honors and AP chemistry for 25 years before starting his own company virtually there teaching where he develops engaging videos and lessons to help turn chemistry from a GPA killer to a class ranked booster. In this episode, we discuss the importance of meeting your audience where they're at, developing self-awareness, and how technology has changed the way we communicate. I hope you enjoy. Jorge, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am really looking forward to this conversation. We've had a chance to connect a few times recently. I think you just have a great story and are are doing some really interesting things. So maybe to kick it off, just tell the listeners a little bit about you, your career journey and what it is that you're doing today.
1: Wonderful. Well, first of all, thank you very much, Scott. I've been listening uh, to the podcast because I love this idea of, we need to always be better at communicating and making sure that not only our points come across, but that they land on the other side. Um, And that's really important to me because for about the last 25 years, I've been a high school chemistry teacher. So, you know, um, usually when you say you're a high school chemistry teacher, the the correct response is, I'm sorry. (laughs) Because for most people, if you think back to chemistry, there's a bit of an eye roll and the eyes glaze over and a lot of pain involved with that. But Part of the challenge of teaching hard things, and we'll say that chemistry can definitely be a hard thing, is that if we don't do a good job of communicating the content and putting it in a way that students can understand it, then everything falls apart. So uh, for 25 years, I was in the classroom, uh, teaching all sorts of levels, uh, different types of students from uh, those that really needed a lot of help with math skill to some of them that were on another planet and should be uh, curing cancer any minute now. Um, uh, And As we moved through the pandemic and I was forced to go remote, um, my big lesson in all of it was that in order to effectively communicate content to a more modern generation, I needed to figure out what were the parts of my curriculum that I could automate that could be available to students whenever they were ready for it and that they could use at their time, their speed, and their pace. So I developed and created Virtually Their Teaching. That is the company that I own. Uh, And in Virtually Their Teaching, what we do is we take curriculum, in my case, chemistry, we break it down into these bite-sized little nuggets that someone can then take and absorb at their pace at their time. And the same way that we've done this with chemistry, we've now branched out, we're doing other different subjects. So currently, we're working on a project where we're looking at real estate math, because anyone that is sitting for a licensure exam in the real estate profession, chances are they're dreading those 10 real estate math questions that have come up. So if you need help amortizing your loan, I'll be there. <laughs> If
0: you have a section in there on discount points, I'm going to get that and share it with my wife. I remember she went through the real estate class and could not wrap her mind around it for the life of her. So I will share that if you have it.
1: I Absolutely. I have discount points and every prorating of every type of property tax available.
0: And, it, and I do remember everyone could always figure out the commission math on that. They could figure out that 3% or whatever it was that they were going to get when that house sold, but that's really interesting and you know we share a little bit of a background where i started my career as a high school teacher i taught history so not the quote hard stuff like chemistry i had no way i could have done that but as i think back to my high school career and going through chemistry i vividly remember the teacher brilliant man he mm-hmm. knew everything mm-hmm. but he could not communicate it in a way that the students me could understand. So I love what you're doing in really one, focusing on the audience Mm -hmm. and then two, you're starting to dissect these complex topics. And from what I've seen from some of your videos, incorporating stories into it and analogies, metaphors to really help break it down and simplify it. So storytelling is so crucial to communication. I just love and absolutely am thrilled with the work that you're doing especially knowing that in a couple of years, I will have a, a high schooler taking chemistry classes. So I will be calling on you that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And and I think to to that point, um, I think you hit the nail on the head, which is, you know, not only can do we have the ability to communicate in a way that it lands, but then eventually, especially when we communicate hard things, right, which I would argue with you that uh, if you can tell me about the silver standard and the gold standard, and now how none of that is the case anymore and explain cryptocurrency, I'm all over it. However, (laughs) um, you know, when, when it comes time to talk about the hard stuff, you know eventually you're going to hit a friction point and part of learning the things that are hard is how do we move through maybe strife and discord to kind of come out on the other side so it's absolutely engaging with the audience making sure that it's landing but then when when resistance comes up how do we make it okay to talk through that resistance and find a resolution on the other side
0: that is a big part of being an effective communicator is to be able to work through that resistance and communicate the tough things and communicate when things aren't great. It's easy when things are going smooth and everyone's buying into what you're saying. But when you do have a little bit of those challenges and strife, that's where people can really shine with their communication skills. And to that point, I think a lot of people would look back in their education career and be able to point to... A teacher, whether it was in elementary, middle, high school, college, whatever it may be, that was just an outstanding communicator. Mm-hmm. And Jorge, as you think through that, or if you hear the term that somebody's a great communicator, what's
1: the visual? What's the image that comes to mind for you? You know, I I think that there's it's it's twofold. One, as as we've said. It's that ability to halfway through your presentation, whatever the case might be, whatever the subject matter might be, to look out and go, nobody is getting a word that I'm saying. And being okay with, and this is where we scrap everything and we restart, right? So so I think that is a critical and very important um, ability that any good communicator, any good presenter, any good teacher has to be able on a moment's notice, look out there and say, this is not landing. Try again right and reinvent yourself at a you know on you know at the turn of a dime. Um, I think the other factor which becomes very important is when we're communicating, especially now in a smaller setting, And we're now having to do things that, again, may be more challenging. So maybe it's we're going over hard material that I don't understand, and it's really frustrating me. Maybe it's talking more one-on-one with the team because the performance isn't where it needs to be, or something is going on. Maybe it's the family unit, and we're dealing with some hard family issues. But it's when we deal with those things that are hard, how well are you in those moments at... Being able to allow the other person to express their point of view, mediating and coming up to someplace in the middle where we can now dissolve some of that tension and some of that stress mm-hmm. and now create a new opportunity. So I think to me, good communicators can do all of those things almost seamlessly. Like when you look at it, it seems easy because they're so practiced and they're so, you know, masterful in what they do.
0: Mm-hmm as i hear that three big buckets so to speak awareness flexibility and then perhaps maybe an open mindedness if you will awareness to be able to as you mentioned look out to that audience and realize this is not sitting right whether it is i remember having those days when i was a classroom teacher and i just have to completely scrap the lesson the approach that i had and take just a different approach one class that could have worked beautifully another class, the wheels fall off. So awareness is great. But if you don't have that flexibility to stop and change course, the awareness really doesn't matter because you're going to get those same results. You're just going to plow forward or plow through it. You're not going to get the results that you want. And then being you know open-minded to sometimes get the perspective of the other person, mm-hmm. whether you're in the classroom, you're on a sales call, or maybe a conversation with your partner, spouse, kids at home, Absolutely. you need to be able to just check the ego a little bit and realize I'm not right all the time just because I firmly believe this or I strongly believe this might not ultimately be what's best here. So getting other people to share their opinions, how they're feeling and how you're making them feel is really important.
1: Well, and I think that, you know, so, so to that point, um, you know, I was listening to uh, the Communicast podcast and a few months ago you had uh, Rob Lauber come on and he was talking about, you know, telling engaging stories, mm-hmm. which I, I love that idea because I think that speaks into this whole first idea of, Am I meeting my audience where they they are at? Am I making the content relatable to what they're trying to absorb? Because if I'm not, again, scrap it, try again. So what I figured I wanted to speak into a little bit more was then, so how do we move through that type of conflict? What do we do when we now have, you know, let's say you delivered a wonderful lesson as a teacher, or you delivered a great sales pitch, you know, and everyone loved it. But now comes the, the the moment when someone comes in at the back end and says, you know, Scott, I was really looking at those numbers. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or the student that comes in and says, I get everything you were trying to say, but none of that made any sense whatsoever. And you can see that there is frustration or something going on in the background. So how do we move through that? And I have found that for me, there's usually four I don't want to say steps, but like four things that I try to keep in mind at all time, right? The four things that help me move from, let's say, friction or resistance to possibility. So now we can create something on the back end that doesn't have that you know negative connotation attached to it. Um, so the first thing I always want to do whenever I have any resistance or any pushback or any type of conflict or anything that, that is not landing how I would like it to do is I always want to take a moment and ask, is this a good time, right? So I have had students march into my office, you know, full tilt. Mr. Camacho, I got blah, 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 right? And they're, they're coming at you hard. Um, and so I'm like, hey, so it sounds like <laughs> you're upset. It sounds like you got a lot on your mind. Is this a good time to kind of sit down and, you know, hash some of this out? Or do you just need to vent? Right. You'd be amazed mm-hmm. just in asking the person for permission how much respect that automatically affords him and how that just simple little step will immediately tone down so much of the frustration. As someone that dealt with many irate parents <laughs> mm-hmm. or many irate customers, right, in customer service. That is something that as soon as we can kind of just lower the temperature a little bit, things change. So first step I always do is let's ask for some permission. Once we have permission, once they say, yes, let's, you know, if you have the moment, we have the time, this is a good time to do it. The next thing I want to do is I want to listen very actively. And for me, the hardest part is shut up, (laughs) get out of the way. And so in listening, what usually will happen is that as they're going through it, I may kind of repeat back what they're speaking into. So what I hear you saying is that you're very frustrated with your grade because blah, blah, blah. Or this is a very challenging topic because blah, blah, blah. Or, um, you know, if I'm if I'm working with with my team, you know, what I hear you saying is that, you know, you feel that too much is expected and you don't have the right direction whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. But that simple act of listening and then repeating, putting back into that space. Again, when we talk about lowering that temperature or dissolving that frustration, you'd be amazed how quickly that starts to kick in because now they're going, yes, that's what I've been talking about. And I'm like, I know, I hear you. I'm listening. And it's, and it's so, again, it's sometimes so ridiculous because what did you do? I repeated back everything they told me, (laughs) you know? So you do a little bit of repetition and then there's an important question at the end of it, which I always have to kind of remind myself to ask, which is, is there more? Is there anything else? Is that it? Because what I really want the person in conflict with me or in strife, I really want them to make sure that I've let it all out so that. There's nothing left in the water. We've kind of let out all of the all of the dirt and now we can start cleaning things up. So once we've done that, once we've asked those questions, we've kind of gone through them. Again, usually I find that the temperature has dropped a great deal. So now I'm going to validate their concerns. And so in validating their concerns, I'm gonna say something like, listen, I totally get and I understand why you would be upset Because I have not given you the right type of guidance. I could, if I was in your shoes, I think I'd be screaming bloody murder as well. You know, because what I'm now doing is I'm now making their frustration or their anger okay. Mm-hmm. So it's okay that you were feeling this and I can understand. And then the last thing is once I validated it, I'm going to try to empathize. And so in the empathy, and this is for me sometimes the biggest challenge, but it's really about, you know, I can see how if I were trying to do all of these things and I had all of the expectations on me, I would feel very burnt out or mm-hmm. I would feel done or I would feel, you know, you know, uh, uh fried like a fritter whatever the case might be. And just in doing those steps, you're going to see how the energy has dissipated. And now we have a clearing. So now it's like, so what do you suggest we do about this? How can we work together? See, now we're back to this collaboration of communication where it's back and forth. The frustration has been dissolved and we can now move forward into new possibility
0: that is fantastic so much good stuff in there as i was listening to it i would say you know, that first step is almost a two part step one where you kind of ask permission is this a good time mm-hmm. to to speak to work on this and you know i i feel that you're angry or upset whatever you know, those two things one you're asking permission and the second part is you're you're putting a name to that emotion you're naming the emotion and that's an important step to that because it's signaling to them that you're hearing them, you kind of understand where they're at. And when people feel understood, as you mentioned, those levels come down, the frustration, whatever they're feeling, starts to simmer down. So now that, that that's fantastic. And at the end, when you talk about, you know, is there anything else? One of the I, I was smiling when you said that one of the things that we teach and a lot of our persuasion classes and sales dialogue classes is something called the cleanup question.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: something <laughs> very simple is. What else do I need to know? Simple as that. And then just, as you mentioned, kind of shut your mouth and let them go. Because chances are there's two or three other things going on that they haven't brought up that likely are also impacting the thing that they're coming to talk to you about. So Mm -hmm. that's a, a great, great process to work through to bring the frustration levels down so you ultimately can unpack what's going on. And then at the end, empathize and move forward in collaboration. That's that's ultimately the key. When you can demonstrate that you understand where they're coming from, perhaps you've gone through something similar in your life, where you can just simply can understand how that would happen yeah. and it allows you to move forward together. So no, that's fantastic, Jorge.
1: Yeah. And I, I know that for, you know, again, when we, I, I go back to this concept of like, you know, you've heard the phrase, you can do hard things, we can do hard things. I'm always a fan of like, we can teach hard things. We can teach complicated and we can teach the complicated to those that maybe don't come in with the greatest set of skills. But part of that ability to do the hard stuff, to learn the hard stuff, is that we constantly have to be able to not only communicate it effectively, but then be able to clean up when it gets hard. Because anything worth doing, anything big, at some point always gets hard and it gets challenging we get into the nitty gritty and the dirty and so this ability to just like hey let's let's take everything down now we're back in collaboration now it's that two way back and forth now we're moving forward
0: so a lot of times on here we talk about the skills that are needed in the workplace today when it comes to a communication standpoint and i think you're uniquely positioned to talk about this a little bit because of, one, your experience with with starting a company virtually there, teaching, running a business, but then also having just those deep insights as to the future workforce, right? The Uh students that are Uh in in high school now, getting ready to head off to college, go into the the workforce. So as you think about this, perhaps some of your, your students, maybe the last class that you taught, What are some of the skills that you think they really need to develop to be successful or or if you were to consider hiring them at your company?
1: So I, you know, as I think to the future, um, uh, the phrase that comes up often is (laughs) vaya con Dios. Because go with God, because, oh my goodness, the stuff we have coming down the pike is going to be interesting. And it's going to be very interesting because we have the... Let's say the, the ones in upper management, the president, CEOs, and whatnot are of a different era than what is coming through now. And there was, to me, in my mind, a huge inflection point around 2005, 2006 with the advent of the iPhone. Mm-hmm. The iPhone changed how we communicate. If you're not sure, talk to someone that grew up in the 90s talk to someone that grew up in 2010 and it's night and day and everything from social media to texting to, you know, selfies, everything in the process. What we've done is that we have lost a lot of that ability to communicate person to person, to be in communion. And so what I see moving forward is I see students that will spend hours crafting the perfect text message, with the appropriate emojis, (laughs) Um, you know, and I was like, it was much simpler in my day. Do you like me? Check. Yes. No. I mean, it was, that was it. I don't know what all this other stuff is, Um, but they'll spend hours crafting this perfect text, you know, or, well, well, they liked this picture, but they didn't comment on that one. And there is so much uh, innuendo and second guessing and all this stuff where, when you ask a simple question of like, So have you just asked, do they like me? Have you just asked, you know, hey, are you hiring? Have you just called them up and said, hey, I need the following from the supplier, do you have it? You should see, the that's so forward, that's so bold. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, talking to a person? (laughs) And so what I see, especially as I go and I'm hiring individuals is I'm looking for someone and it's ridiculous are they connecting with me? Are they talking to me? Um, Did they put their phone away? Are they uh, aware of what's happening? Can they, can they get on a phone call? And, you know, for example, if you call them, is it always the voicemail and everything is texted back? I want to be able to, as I used to call it, you know, think on your feet going back to the first thing of when it doesn't work, what do you do? How do you, how do you shift mid, mid stride? And, I learned to be deft on my feet because growing up, if I was talking to a young lady I was interested in on the phone, there were many times that I said something and it didn't land and there was dead air. So I had to very quickly shift and adapt, (laughs) right? Or I would say Mm -hmm. something that I thought was hilarious to nothing and it was like, uh uh-oh. But that was a skill set because in doing that, I struck out plenty of times and fell flat on my face plenty of times But started to learn what works and what doesn't. That's a skill set that many of the incoming, you know, graduating students and incoming workforce really don't have. Mm -hmm. They're not used to having the interpersonal communication that doesn't deal with a topic or a subject that they are comfortable or an expert in. So, in that one on one, they're flustered. They're, you know, they, they, they can see them like very nervous. They're, they're, you know, silence is awkward. And I'm like, sometimes we have to listen. Sometimes you give sometimes, you know, well, what do you think, Scott? You know, what, what's your ideas on that? (laughs) You know, and it's like, just, just share. It's okay. We're all that idea of like, we're all still human because the form of communication has, has, gone to an edited format where I can choose what I want, that ability to be in the moment I think has been weakened.
0: It's really an interesting topic as you think about that, this because in essence we've always had multi-generational workforces. There's always been numerous generations working in organizations at the same time but to your point it wasn't until probably about 15 or so years ago where the rate of change of technology accelerated so quickly and then had a cascading effect out to how that's impacting how people communicate that you have so, so many different viewpoints and different approaches to how to do things. So I think ultimately what needs to happen is really kind of both ends of that spectrum of the workforce really need to start to move a little bit towards each other. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about earlier, be aware, be flexible, be open-minded. So for for the generations that are much different, that are, you know, to pick up the phone to do this, to do that, very important. I preach that a lot, both with my team as well as with my my kids and try to mm-hmm. give them opportunities. Then on the flip side, I look at it as I'm trying to learn from them. I have a 14-year-old and 11-year-old. I'm really lo- looking at, are there better, more effective ways to communicate and to get my message out? So I think- the interesting part will be when both sides continue to come together and learn
1: from each other. And I think to that point of, especially, you know, meeting in that middle ground, you know, again, 2005, 15 years ago, give or take, if I would have given you a 10 minute video that explained a concept, you would have been like, this is the best, most, you know, efficient use of my time. If I don't hit it in thirty seconds, now you're like whatever, <laughs> yep. you know. And and I think that there is. I don't know that the answer is thirty seconds, but I'm open to saying it may not be ten. And so and, and if and if again if if the the low end can kind of bring that up a bit more, and the top end can, we're going to find that sweet spot where you know as as far as you know, again what we do with virtually, they're teaching this idea of how do we automate learning and education in a way that is bite size. And my fear is I don't want bite size to be two seconds because Mm -hmm. we can't do a lot in two seconds, but bite size might be five minutes and Mm -hmm. maybe we do get some really good quality in five minutes.
0: Absolutely. I can, I can attest to that from watching some of the videos. There's some great quality (laughs) there. Thank you. Jorge, as you think about your career journey and the success that you've had if I were to ask somebody close to you, mm-hmm. you know, what's the one communication skill that Jorge has that has really helped him to be this successful? What,
1: what would they share with me? Hopefully, hopefully the, the, they, they say some nice things, but um, I think that the, what I, what I think I can, I do better than most is I really am good at very quickly noticing is what i'm sharing landing or is it not and i'm okay with my way is not the right way because you know my students have taught me this it's 25 years of of being told very politely that i am way off course uh, but but it's 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 this idea of if my goal is to hit a certain milestone if my goal is for you to understand a certain concept I need to check my ego, put that to the side and be focused on oh the way I'm describing it is not clear to you. Great. What's the next level? Still too high? Great. What's the next level? Oh, you like this. Okay, great. Now mm-hmm. let's build back up. And as long as I'm able to do that and and continuously read that audience, not get like, "Oh goodness gracious, it's, you know, this is too hard." As long as I'm able to do that, I think that's what makes me better than most at communicating. and that's probably one of the things that that people can say very honestly that no matter what is presented in front of me, how do we shift accordingly to get the message across?
0: Self-awareness is such a foundational part of being an effective communicator. What I often share with people when they ask about how can I how can I build my self-awareness? The first step is really being aware of other people and how they're reacting or responding to you. Mm -hmm. So if you want to focus inwards, you have sometimes look outside a little bit so that when I'm talking with somebody and they're just glazed over, there's (laughs) nothing there or their body language, they're slumping, the arms are crossed, facial expressions, rather than just plowing forward and trying to get your message out because it's important to you. Focusing in on that other person, kind of the outward awareness is going to help you kind of look inwards. Okay, I need to, when I do this, this happens. Or Mm -hmm. I'm saying this over and over. I'm using this expression too much. Focus on the outside a little bit will help you, I think, look more internally to build that self-awareness skill.
1: Absolutely. If, If you ever want to know whether what you're saying is landing or not, to your point, what is showing up outside of you? that's it. What's showing up, what's showing up in the room, what's showing up on the video call, what's showing up in the, whatever the, on the other side of that phone, if you, if you always know how you're being, when you're looking across and it's being mirrored, reflected, maybe even repeated back to you.
0: And no better place to get that uh, feedback from a bunch of teenagers. They will be quick to let you know if it's not, uh, if it's not landing.
1: Oh yeah, they're very, they're very good at being honest and telling you you are way off base.
0: Jorge, <laughs> right, as as you think about your style. I mean, we talked a little bit about some of your skills, your strengths, your experience. You have a great communication style, just the, the energy's there. Who's been somebody that perhaps has helped influence your style over time? Maybe you've taken a few things from them and added them to your tool belt, but has there been someone out there that's really had a big influence on you?
1: So I think, you know, the first, you know, ironically enough, the first people that really had an influence on my style were my teachers. I had some, you know, gregarious, uh, uh, bigger than life, you know, over the top individuals that, you know what? We were learning hard things, but God, I wanted to be in that, in that room. You know, I really wanted to be there and, and, and learn from them and, and, and really see what they were, were speaking into and, 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 and and taking in as much as I could truly. I think the other thing is as I got older, I definitely started doing some personal development work, um. I think that there are, you know, certain individuals, one that comes to mind is like, for example, Tony Robbins has a great communication style and and, and, and and great ideology. But sometimes these people might get a little bit bigger than themselves. I what I always kind of went back to was the message. If you kind of looked at the message and what was speaking into and what the message was, I thought there was so much wisdom and so much good material in that message that I just tried to amplify that more and more and more. Um, the, the book is dense, but the power of now by Eckhart Tolle is a great book, um, really speaks into this idea of being present in the moment. So when you're talking about communicating, it's not about, is this deal going to work? Is this deal not going to work? Um, do they like me tomorrow? Do do, you, know, it's really about what is happening right now in front of me. And as long as I can keep communicating and being in that present moment, then I can Create the next moment accordingly. So I would say people like Yes I Cartoli, uh any any great motivational speakers, uh, Tony Robbins is one that comes to mind. Um, I've also done some work. Um, uh, there was, I forget the name of it, but there was a great uh, series called Sales Dogs, which was kind of like if you looked at um uh, individuals, like, you know, you had some people that were golden retrievers, uh, they were going to go out there and make friends with everybody. You had the bulldog that, you know, would sit there and just like close a sale. And you had the chihuahuas that were back in R and (laughs) D, but it was, again, it was a, it was a really neat way of like, you know, it was almost like a personality, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. test, but it was a nice way. It was a good metaphor, to kind of see people for their strengths, for their value, and again, be present in that moment and say, what do we need right now? We need something that's going to be out of the box. Great. This might be the person I'm going to. I need something that is, you know, we we need a communicator, bring in the golden retriever.
0: (laughs) Something you said there really stuck out to me. And a lot of times when we talk about communication style, you know, people are often fearful of adapting their communication style where they don't want to seem phony, they don't want to seem over the top, whatever it may be. But something mm-hmm. you said that, that really jumped out was when you're communicating, you really want to be focusing on, am I amplifying my message versus just trying to amplify myself and mm-hmm. amplify my image or my personality? So I think that's kind of a good litmus test of, Yes, it's important to adapt your communication style based on who you're communicating with. But at the, at the end of the day, you wanna make sure, is this change happening because I'm trying to amplify my message versus just amplify my image? Right,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: As we wrap up here, Jorge, what piece of closing advice would you have for somebody? Maybe if you just think back to, to some of your past students. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for them around the importance of communication skills, communication skills, and the role that they will play in their success, whether it is going into the workforce, starting their own business, whatever it may be?
1: So, I think that uh, I, first of all, love the question. I think I think it's a brilliant and powerful and poignant question for the following reason: we are very much in the information age right now. We have many people that are coming into industry, going into the workforce, that are brilliant specialists, experts, and intelligence and information, in my mind, open doors. They do open doors. Communication is how you walk through those doors. At some point, you have to be able to communicate your ideas, your brilliance, your creativity, your intelligence, all of that has to be able to come through. And if the only thing you can do is you're very much stuck in this little box where this is what I specialize in and there's nothing more, if we're stuck in that box, then you're not going very far. The ability to communicate will have you step through those doors and then you'll see that on the other side, there's just more and more doors. Always, I emphasize with my students, We have to be able to speak to one another. We have to be able to meet each other where we're at. Because if we don't, then we're missing too much of everyone else's brilliance and we lose that ability as a group to do more than we could as an individual.
0: That was very, very well said. I spot on, completely agree. And I would say from my perspective, we see that a lot with the work that we do at my main company, Communispond, with we get very highly technical, brilliant people coming to us that their leaders, like they're great at their jobs. <laughs> but There's always yeah, that, yeah. but mm-hmm. so we need them to be able to kind of communicate this so that other people understand it or get them to a spot where other people actually want to communicate with them or anywhere in between. So I love what you said that the, the information, the intelligence will open the door. Communication skills will enable you to walk through the door. Absolutely. Jorge, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your expertise really did appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Oh, let me tell you it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been absolutely wonderful. Take care. Take care.
0: A special thanks again to my guest, Jorge Camacho. Jorge's process for communicating through strife or challenging situations is pure gold. The next time you find yourself in a tough conversation Follow his steps and get much better results. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, be sure to subscribe to CommuniCast so that you can continue to learn from my guests with each new episode. And if you have found value in the show, leaving us a rating or review would be appreciated. Thanks and have a great day.